Welcome to Treasures Old and New from ART. Hi, I'm Joy Jackson. I'm feeling a little spooky this month, so let's get back to the conclusion of the last guest of Hotel Darjeeling. The professor's hideaway has been located. Can he escape? Here's part two. been in Darjeeling for a day and a half now, looking for some clue to the professor's whereabouts. Fascinating town. An eclectic mix of English cottages, Hindu shrines, and Buddhist temples. The boarding schools here look like Eton and Rugby, surrounded by the Himalayas. I have checked a dozen hotels, hostels, and inns so far, with no luck. Looks like one more hotel up ahead, at the end of the road. At the end of the road. Last hotel at the end of the road. Hello, anybody here? Welcome, sir. Welcome to the Darjeeling Hotel. Thank you. Mind if I look around? I am sorry to say, sir, that we are closed for the season. Monsoon is coming soon, sir. Oh, I don't want a room. I would just like to look around. Looks like a nice little hotel. Do you get many foreign guests here? Can I help the gentleman? I am Mrs. Banerjee, the owner. The Saib wants to look around. How do you do? I know you are closed, but I would like to check out your hotel, you know, uh, for a future visit. You are planning to return to Darjeeling? Yes. I am a doctor and I have some uh, colleagues at uh, St. Paul's School that have invited me to return for a few months during the school term. Possibly next year. I see. Doctor. So I would be very grateful if I could see some of the rooms for a future visit, like I said, if it's not a great inconvenience, that is. Oh, very well. Ravi, give me the keys. I will show the doctor around. Yes, ma'am. This way, please. Do you get many foreign guests here? Occasionally. Here is our best room, the garden suite. Hmm, very nice. Nice view of the garden. But do you have anything a little more private? The doctor wishes to have some privacy. Well, it's, it's just that I intend to do some writing while I am here. You know, finish up some papers I've been working on. That is interesting. Just like... Oh, never mind. Yes? Was there someone else here to do some writing? <laughs> I'm sure being this close to the boarding schools, you get many professors as guests. Yes? Yes. We do get many professional types, including doctors and professors. St. Joseph and St. Paul's schools are just down the road. Here is our dining room, if you care to look. Oh, very nice. Uh, excuse me, where does this stairway go? You have some more rooms upstairs? Yes, we have upstairs rooms, but I usually don't open them until the ground floor is filled up. It can be very cold and isolated up there. Oh, just what I'm looking for. May I see? If you insist. The doctor most certainly desires privacy. Oh, where does this corridor lead? 
just a few last rooms in the back. I don't think you would like them. Please, please, uh, just let me take a look. You say you have no guests here now? That is correct, Doctor. We are closed for the season. The hotel is completely empty. Oh, so it is no problem to peek into a room, is it? Would you mind if I looked in this room? The last room in the corridor? The room farthest from the front? The last room? Room 17? I would not recommend that room, sir. It is perhaps our worst room that is the least comfortable. Please, let me just peek in. There are much better rooms downstairs. Indulge me. Oh, very well. The doctor is very insistent. There. A cold, dark, empty room. Are you satisfied now? Oh, let me look inside. Yes. The last town, the last road, the last hotel, the last corridor, the last room, the last guest. What guest? There is no one here. Oh, nothing. May, may I open the curtains? Please do so. Today should be the last good view before the monsoon clouds cover the mountains. Beautiful. And if I'm not mistaken, that is Mount Kanchenjunga. Oh. Did I say it wrong? Kanchenjunga? No, sir. You pronounced it most correctly. You just reminded me of a former guest. A professor who stayed in this room some years ago. Yes? A, a professor? He stayed here? Do you remember how many years ago? Oh, at least three. A very nice man, but a little eccentric. He would not let anyone to enter his room unless you said Kanchenjunga. What? What was that? Please, please, say that again. He had a funny habit of making you say Kanchenjunga before he would open the door. It was like his password. He said it helped him to learn to pronounce it correctly, but really I think he insisted on saying it just to play a prank on the hotel staff. He was funny in that way. Oh, this is amazing, truly amazing. What is so amazing? Uh, I just happened to know a professor like that many years ago. Very, very intelligent, but slightly eccentric. It sounds like it could be the very same gentleman. <laughs> yes, and what a small world that would be. My, my, look at the time. I, am, I really must be going. Thank you for indulging me. You've been most helpful, Mrs. Uh, Banerjee. The Saib has an excellent memory. with me. It is time to get some answers from our so-called professor. We have wasted our time waiting for the so-called doctor who has seemed fit to take a vacation in India at this crucial time. Well, I'm not waiting any longer. Doctor or no doctor, I'm going to proceed with the interrogation. But the doctor said not to disturb him until he returned. The doctor is still looking for him. Idiots! You both are idiots! How can the doctor be looking for a man 
when that man is lying right here in front of us. But the doctor explained it. The man, I mean the professor, is here, but his mind is somewhere else. In Darjeeling, maybe? And you fools really believe that? Can't you see with your own eyes? This professor of yours is right here. But he is in a coma. Since that first day when you started your... Yes, yes, in a coma. Or is he? Did you ever think he could be just faking it? For ten days? I don't think You are not paid to think, just to keep him alive. And you've done an excellent job. He looks better now than when we first brought him in here. I think he is healthy enough to answer some questions. Please, let's wait for the doctor to get back. He should be here any time now. Enough waiting. Turn off that beeping thing. Bring that machine over here. That, that defibrillator thing. Please, ma'am, not that. It could kill him. Really? I thought these were known as life savers. Now open his gown. Charge it up. Give me those paddles. Now, stand clear. It's the premiere. What is going on? Uh, Premier, I was just about to revive the subject. Where is the doctor? Still out chasing wild geese. Time is running out, Your Excellency, to get some answers. Has the subject regained consciousness? He seems to have just dozed off. Look at those monitors. He's in excellent health. Strong as an ox. A little jolt won't hurt him. It'll wake him right up and we can get on with our enteric... Uh, I mean our interview. You too. How healthy is he? Well, the colonel is right. There is nothing physically wrong with the profess, uh, the subject. He has just been in a deep coma for the last ten days. Or a deep sleep. His REM activity has been constant the whole time, as if he is in a permanent dream state. Is there any reason he can't be woken up? Well, no, it should be possible without... The doctor warned us not to wake him until we know where he is. I mean, the body's here but his mind is somewhere else. The doctor thinks that the professor thinks that he thinks he's in Darjeeling, maybe. Can you believe this, Your Excellency? Have you ever heard such nonsense? I say we proceed now while we still have time. Otherwise, all our efforts will have been wasted. I agree with the Colonel. You may proceed. You two assist the Colonel and make sure the subject is not damaged. Thank you, Your Excellency. Now, I don't want any back talk from you two. Charge up the machine. Give me the paddles. Stand clear. Look, his lips are moving. What is he saying? I can't tell. Let me get closer. It, it almost sounds like he's reciting a poem. Stand back. I'm going to give him another jolt. Increase the voltage. Now, stand clear. storm blast came. He was tyrannous and strong. It struck with overtaking wings, chased us south along. What's he saying? What's he saying? It is a poem. I've heard it before, but can't remember. I know it. It's from the rhyme of the ancient mariner. He's describing an electrical storm. Electrical storm? I'll give him an electrical storm. Increase the voltage! Stand back! Stop! What in blazes are you doing? Doctor, you're back. It wasn't our idea. Shut up, you two. Turn off that machine. Put down those paddles, you fool. I want...
warned you not to insult me! Get away from that man! Are you all mad? Do you want to kill him? Your own technicians assure me the subject is in no danger. Oh, he's a subject now, is he? So impersonal. So much easier to interrogate. There is no time to argue this. You have been gone for over a week. Do you have any results or not? Or have you just been wasting our time? Results? Yes. I have results. I know where he, the professor, is staying. Where he thinks he is staying. I know how to reach him and how to bring him back. Now, listen carefully. I need you to get him out of that bed and put him in front of a desk, like a writing desk, in a big wooden chair if we have one. Oh, this is ridiculous. We will need headphones and a microphone. Put the headphones on the professor. I will talk to him through the mic. He must hear only the sound of my voice. No one else, understand? Yes, Yes, doctor. doctor. And I'll need some special effects, like uh, an old-time radio show. What kind of special effects? He will need to hear someone knocking on an old wooden door. Can you do all that? Give us about 20 minutes. Let's drag that old desk in from the break room. I think there's a big old chair in the basement. Good, good. Get to work. We don't have much time. You really believe this little old-time radio show is going to work? Well, as long as he believes it is real, it will work. Now get busy. Premier, we are ready to proceed. Are you sure this will get us the information we need? All I can promise is that I can get the professor back to a waking state. For the last ten days, he has been imagining himself to be sitting in a small room in a small hotel in a small town in India. His imagination is so powerful, so precise, that he really believes he is there, not here. It's like a perfect dream state. What I need to do is to get inside his dream and lead him back to us. You are the one who's dreaming if you think this is going to work. You two. Is the microphone ready? Here is your mic. It goes directly into his headphones. Press this switch here to turn it on. And I fitted him with a mic in case he starts mumbling poetry again. We will be able to hear everything over the speakers, but he will only be able to hear you. Finally, we are patched in for your sound effects. I'll do the door knocking whenever you're ready. Excellent. Now... Everyone needs to remain completely silent. He must not suspect that anyone else is here. Just me, understand? Got Got it. it. Everyone ready? Good. Let's go. First, uh, door knocking. Not too loud. Look, his lips are moving. I can't hear what he's saying. Turn up his volume. And as I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping. Rapping at my chamber door. That's Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. He's responding to the knocking. Now we're getting somewhere. Extraordinary. Quiet, everyone, please. Now, knock again a little louder this time. Sir, said I, or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is I was napping. I was napping. Napping. You were losing him. Quiet, please. All right. Really bang on the door this time. Ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore, tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven... Kanchenjunga. What? What what, what did you say? Kanchenjunga. Who is that? Who's there? 
Don't you recognize me? Wait. Uh, I know that voice. You're the one they call the doctor. W what are you doing here? I came here to get you. Well, I'm not ready to be gotten. You've wasted your time coming here. Oh, I don't think so. You've been gone for two weeks now. That's long enough. Time to come home. <laughs> two weeks? More like ten days. How do you know how long it has been? Do you have a calendar in there? Are you scratching off the days on the wall with a piece of coal? Ha! Much simpler. I have my book with me. I read it cover to cover. Takes about three days. I've only read it through three times now, so... Recited. I... What? What do you mean, recited? You don't have any book. You have just been reciting poems from memory. Really don't know how long you've been babbling on. I do. It's been two weeks. Time to come back now. Nonsense. Recited, indeed. I have my book right... Uh, here. Really? Which hand is it in? Raise up your hand with the book in it. Oh, I see you raising your right hand. But there is nothing in your right hand, is there? It was right here. I, I must have mislaid... Never the... mind the book. You don't have a book or a chair or a desk. And you are not in a room in Darjeeling. You just think you are. You have the whole place memorized, don't you? Memorized so well that you have even tricked yourself into believing that it is real. Well, it's not. It's all in your mind. Now it is time to give up this memory world and come back to the real one. Uh, I don't believe... I don't believe you. Don't you realize? You have won. You have outsmarted us and outlasted us. Your endgame strategy was perfect. You played for a stalemate and you got it. We concede. The game is a draw and you are free to come out. But it... It hasn't been long enough, has it? As I said, two weeks. Our deadline has come and gone. Your information is useless to us now. Come on, let's get you out of there. You can't hide from me anymore. I know right where you are. Now, I want you to open your eyes slowly and look around. Uh, oh. Uh, oh. Ah, ah, I see. I am back in the lab, as you call it. I would call it a torture chamber worthy of the Inquisition. It comes with its very own Torquemada, the Grand Inquisitor, right, Colonel? At your service. I look forward to continuing our, uh, conversation. Oh, and where is that annoying leader of yours, that disembodied megalomaniac you call El Primo? If you mean the Premier, he's listening to your every word. Welcome back, Professor. We have a few... Thousand questions to ask you. Ask a million. You won't get any answers. Oh, I think we will. I think we won't. This game has gone on long enough. We have no right to be interrogating this man. I'm going to release him. You're going to do what? You heard me. You two, give me a hand with these straps. I think I'd rather stay out of this. It's about time for my break. Get away from that man if you want to live. Colonel, this man and I are leaving your sweet company. And don't think I haven't enjoyed our association because I haven't. I have never worked with such a twisted, sadistic, bumbling imbecile like you. Good riddance. Come with me, Professor. Let's get out of this madhouse. I told you never to insult me. What happened? What is going on? Uh, the, uh, Colonel just shot the, uh, doctor. Is he dead? Of course, I never miss. One down. Two to go. Not quite so, Professor. 
You will be the next to go. Give me those paddles again. But, but he is awake. You could kill him. Hear that, professor? Prepare to answer some questions or suffer. Suffer the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished. Hamlet, Act 3, Scene 1. Oh, I will give you shocks, all right, you pompous ass. You think you are so clever with your Shakespeare and your poetry. I am going to enjoy watching that big brain of yours being dissected. Now increase the charge to maximum. This is not good. Goodbye, Professor! Stand clear! Oh, this is turning into a lovely day. What is going on there? Uh, the Colonel seems to have, uh, electrocuted herself. Two down, one to go. Unless you chaps care to play. Oh, no, I think it is time for early retirement. We quit. Don't bother sending us our last paycheck. Uh, before you go, if you could just undo these straps. Ah, there. Thank you. Ah, circulation again. Good luck, you two. Thanks. We enjoyed hunting for you. Next time you plan a trip, take us with. Well, that leaves just you and me, El Primo. It's Premier. Right. You know, one thing I learned in my travels is that for most of human history, oh, say many thousands of years, people didn't have titles. There were no premiers or emperors or czars or colonels or even professors. And guess what? There was great peace in the world for all mankind. But then for some unknown reason, titles were invented, and with titles came rank and privileges and castes and war. So I'm going to leave you with your made-up title... It is not made up. I am the premier. As I said, your made-up title. And I will seek out a simpler time and place to live. A more peaceful time and place. You can't leave. How does the saying go? Something like, um, an actor without an audience is anonymous. The audience has left. Goodbye, whoever you think you are. Professor, don't go. And thank you for a most entertaining afternoon. Please, don't go. Don't go. Push off and sitting well in order smite the sounding furrows, for my purpose is to sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars until I die. Marangi, you looking for a nice place to stay? We got many bungalow. How nice to see you again. Do you remember me? I stayed here some years ago, Mrs. Kalani. Oh, Professor, of course I remember you. Welcome back to Kapinga Marangi. Oh, please, no, Professor. I'm just a humble beachcomber now. If it's available, 
I'd like to stay in the same bungalow I used before. I believe it was number 17. I think you're right. Number 17 at the end. I come go show you the way. Oh, that won't be necessary. I remember it all. I remember it all very well. You know, got any luggage? No luggage. Just what I have in my pockets. Let's see what it is. Aha! The Moon and Sixpence by Somerset Mom. Yes, I remember it all. I remember it all very well. You have been listening to an original audio play by American Radio Theater. It was written by Stephen L. Poole, directed by Greg Porter, produced by Joy Jackson. In our cast, you heard Beth Schlansky as the Colonel, Dan Schindler as the Doctor, Ken Lease as the Premier, Chuck Royalty as the Professor, Jennifer Newton as Mrs. Banerjee, Karen Lease as Mrs. Kalani, Greg Porter as Ravindra, Linda Rasmussen as the Lab Tech 1, Dave Lees as the Lab Tech 2, Stephen L. Poole as narrator. Live sound effects by Penny Swanberg and Marilyn Will. Additional sound effects by Terry Elder. Music by Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.com. Recorded at Jack Straw Studios in Seattle. Engineered by Doug Hare. I'm Kim Turner, your announcer. This is ART, American Radio Theater. Hey, let's listen to some music from the days of old time radio. And it's Jubilee. Old Mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her poor dog a pedigree. But when she got there, the cupboard was bare, so she gave him some jubilee. Well, 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 and hiya, guys and gals. How you been? This is Alex Cooper taking the sash and busting the latch on some salty steam that'll make all the squares scream for mercy. For mercy, mercy, a fine concoction is about to loaf onto this Jubilee stage tonight. It'll make a collector's collection look like snow in July. And to push up the curtain and send the hall into a frenzy, it's Opie Cates in the orchestra with I've Found a New Baby.
Well, sand me, but don't bend me. If that wasn't all lolly messes spots gathered together for the come on. And Mr. C, you can stick around to lather up this next little ditty. We're about to drop the way of all Jubilees. We have a little beauty to introduce this spot, so... Let's get out the hand clappers for a lovely dream. Jenny Jackson. Spend an evening. Let me in for more and more of that kind of stuff, when and where you can spare. We've got a little surprise chemical all figured out now. We're going to ask Opie to collect a little combo out of the band and lop off the top of a jazz evergreen. There's Opie on clarinet, Jim Hardy trumpet, 
Bob Logan from Bone, Herbie Hamer Center, Carl Mann's drums, Ted Rapay piano, Russ Soule guitar, and Furman Sieg on bass. Okay, Opie, you're on, so make us know blues in B-flat. Jubilee is blue as the sea and twice as rocky tonight. And that means we have to give forth for the change of pace for the force and called the Mill Tone. Let's bring them on with a typical hello. The Mill Tone. Here we go on the rundown of the old spiritual called Jericho. Jericho. 
the bottom of Jericho. 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 Jesus is the bottom of Jericho. And the walls come tumbling down. Jesus is the bottom of Jericho. 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 Jesus is the bottom of Jericho. And the walls come tumbling down. Indeed, and thank you very much, boys. That made the steam melt from this beloved boiler of Barrel House and Bounce. Comes time now when we shuffle our big stack of musicians on the Jubilee stage, make preparation for the triumphant return of Opie Chase in the orchestra. In the absence of fanfare, we'll ask the pianist to hit the A note so the boys can tune up. Thank you, now that we're all in tune... Okay, let's not give Hopi a minute's peace up here. We're putting to work on a tune that's been making the high spots for some time now. But Hopi's clarinet sparking the crew, let's take a dig into Don't Be That Way.
Thank you, thank you, Opie. That was the orchestra with something that rounded the first turn into the back stretch with a mellow canter. Which makes it about time to bring up a new voice to old Jubilee. He's down from San Francisco where he did a shift on Old Fisherman's Wharf at Joe DiMaggio's Cafe, sending the smooth notes out and away. Let's say hello to Rodney Gutman. Rod. Well, that little preparation took the oracles and ventricles for a good palpitation. There's a good one for us. The same thing is about to happen again because we can see our little dark-eyed beauty standing by and waiting for Opie to give the intro to her song. Let's welcome back Jenny Jackson. Oh, 
Thank you, Jenny, for stepping up the temperature on this now very warm session. <laughs> well, we've got to see, we've got to keep the temperature up there, and that means it's Opie Kate's turn to send the stuff sky high with the last iota of this mad agenda. We'll pass the tea bags around the musical section to the band so the guys can mix up a potent mess of tea for twenty.
Well, Fred and Opie, you both took this ride down to the last lick to home with a fast cut of hay, Bob Reba. You've been doing a fine bonbon of musical hot and groovy today from our gang of assorted sweets and hot which has romped in and out of the wings of the auditorium of McClellan General Hospital in Pasadena. This week and every week, we send you a big and bigger portion the way you want it. So tell us how you like it by writing Armed Forces Radio, Los Angeles, USA. Well, this is Alex Cooper saying goodbye, good luck, and we'll be waiting for you. This program was produced in cooperation with the American Federation of Musicians, James C. Patillo, President. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education. Okay, gang, here's a whole raft of whips and leaves that'll make the spikes in your socks bust the mainstream. Now facing the orchestra brothers with Spasmatic.
Uh, gee, that's all the time I've got for today. Please stop by our website, AmericanRadioTheater.org, for more of our podcasts. You know, we put up a new one every month. Hey, see you next time. Bye. Bye.